magic makers, Kelsey Foremost here, your host of Find Your Magic, the podcast where mental health and entrepreneurship meet. I am really excited to share this conversation with Helen Denham with you all today. Helen is a mindset mentor, meditation teacher, and also a singer-songwriter. She's a certified behavior change specialist, which I really was excited to dig into with her. This episode is really for anyone who feels like you know, we explore a lot of different ideas. Entrepreneurs tend to have extremely curious minds. We want to know what are the best ways to go about giving our gifts to the world? What are the best ways to go about making our dreams a reality? And often there can be many different projects that we're working on at any given time and many different areas of our life that we feel like are kind of taking our attention. And so what Helen and I talk about today is first, accepting and celebrating that the path to success is not linear. Everything is happening in flow and every moment is an opportunity to turn towards the next right decision, the next right thing. And we really have to take the pressure off of labeling ourselves and sticking ourselves in a box and saying, okay, well, I'm going to follow this path that somebody else blazed because that's proven, right? Instead of having the freedom, giving ourselves that permission slip to forge our own path, which is, as you know, what we're all about here in this little corner of the internet. Helen also is the host of an amazing podcast called Lifted, and I'm going to be a guest on that podcast in the next few weeks. But for now, I really want you to enjoy how we speak about subconscious healing, overcoming limiting beliefs, and also, you know, coming back to Helen's certification in behavior change. In the second half of this conversation, I really had some aha moments because we explore a lot of different ideas in this podcast and in this sort of corner of the internet, as I've labeled it. And often it can be really easy to sort of be in the vortex of ideas and analysis and exploration. And while there's so much value in that, We have to remember that at some point we need to start applying the things that we learn to our everyday lives in order to actually move forward towards the path that is meant for us, towards giving the gift that we're meant to give to the world. So thank you so much for being here. I'm just so excited for you guys to get so much out of this amazing conversation with Helen Denham. Helen, thank you so much for coming to find your magic today. I'm, there are so many things in your bio that I was like, Ooh, I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about that. (laughs) So thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. I actually would love to kick it off with that because you do have so many different areas that you help people in. And I love something you said on your about page is the path is not linear. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of creative people who are looking for direction, they can kind of feel shame about having multiple areas of expertise or interest 
So why don't we start there? Why don't you give people a little bit of an overview of the different areas you work in and how they holistically work together? Yeah, beautiful. I I love that you're bringing this up because I think it's something that we as a society and women too in general are moving out of the the idea that we have to fit uh, one particular mold, stay in one particular box. And I know we both come from an entertainment like music background too. So that was like a huge part of like, who am I? Am I a singer? Am I doing wellness? Am I teaching meditation? Like what the heck is going on? So I hit a point where I was like, what would be like the better feeling here? If I just allowed myself to enjoy life without labeling myself so strongly and what would it feel like to flow in that way? And it was like a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. Like at any given moment on any different day, I can be whoever I want to be. But when I really look at it like holistically in this umbrella, everything feeds into itself. So when we're talking about healing and when we're talking about well-being, all of these different facets play an integral part in curating a, a lifestyle that feels really good. So, you know, I've, I've just made an effort to study different areas of, I guess, wellness and spirituality to get a better idea of how to help women in particular move forward in uh, a really meaningful and tangible way. So honestly, it's just about following curiosity. Like where, where does that path lead you? Like tomorrow I might, you know, kick off and be really curious about, you know, shamanism or something, you know? So it's like, follow your curiosity, see where it leads you and then, uh, and then bring it in together. But yeah, I love that you picked up on that. You know, the path is not linear. And I, and I hear quite a few people say this, and I think it's so important to repeat because we put ourselves under a lot of pressure to like constantly be moving forward. And then if we hit, you know, a roadblock or something, we feel like we've gone backward 10 years and that's just not the case. And, and somebody, you know, helped me understand this so beautifully recently. They said, you know, when you read a book, you don't really resonate with every single sentence the first time you read it, even with a movie, like you don't get every detail. Every time you read the book, you bring out a new lesson, a new insight, something hits you on a different nerve. So that's how I look at growth. You know, like we kind of have to revisit certain lessons sometimes a few times to really allow it to sink in. So there is no going backwards. That's just not happening. Yeah. So that's Uh, a a roundabout way of explaining that. No, I love that. But that's the thing. I, um, I attended a conference where Elizabeth Gilbert was a speaker one time. And this idea came up of like, I have all these different projects because that happens so frequently with creative people is something will take our interest and we'll feel in flow. And we will just like be all about that thing for however long. And then something else might take our interest and we have lots of tabs open right in our brains. And I love the idea of taking pressure off of labeling ourselves because in that talk, Elizabeth Gilbert specifically was like, some people are hummingbirds. Some people like pollinate, they have to go to one flower and then to another flower and then to another flower. And all the flowers are beautiful. But until we need those dot connector people who can see, oh, behavior change therapy is related to music, is related to podcasting and showing up as a public speaker, is related to coaching. You're pollinating all those different flowers with each other in order to make something new, in order to create new growth. And a lot of people get really stuck on, well, I've invested so much time and so much money and so much energy on this one flower. So I'm not going to leave this flower, damn it. (laughs) But if you don't leave, you can't pollinate and create something new and create new growth. So 
I love that. Take the pressure off of labeling yourself or staying in one place and embrace it. Embrace that curiosity. God, that's beautiful. Total. I love the visualization you just gave us too. So accurate. And that reminds me too of, you know, getting to know human design types or whatever way that you can get to know your soul blueprint in essence, in, in a way that helps you be more gentle and compassionate with yourself, because not everybody has the same energy type. Some people like are more like hummingbirds and they're bouncing all over the place. Some people are a little bit more like one track steady and I have buddies like that and that works beautifully for them. So it's just like, we're not meant to completely mimic each other's energy. We have unique blueprints. Mm, I love that. Okay. So let's say a listener is coming to this conversation and they're like, that's resonating with me, but how do I find my unique blueprint? What are some access points that you might tell them to look into? Yeah, I think it goes back to following your curiosity and embracing your weirdness and uh, being okay with wherever you want to go. You know, I remember, you know, when I was first getting into this space and I'd go home for like Christmas with my family, be like, Helen, what are you doing? Like, literally, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, just kind of experimenting and playing around and having fun. So I think it's like, as because as you follow your curiosity, you're really following your joy. And that really builds into being an expert in, in your field because you're going to stick with it. You're going to keep feeling like a student, which you'll eventually, you know, be, turn into an expert in that, in that essence. So that's what I just encourage people like to, again, take the pressure off, be like, okay, I need to study this. Like, what do you actually want to be learning about? You know, and that's the whole conversation around finding your purpose and people feeling lost. It's just like, are you really feeling lost or is society telling you you're lost because you're not in one box? Like, how do you, how are you actually navigating life in a place of joy? Like, do you like to garden? Spend more time in the garden. Do you like to make music? Play music. Like, what do you want to be doing more of? And it's okay if it's five things. Hey, magic makers. I could not be more thrilled that one of my favorite companies in the world has generously decided to sponsor this podcast. And that company is Kajabi. If you're an online course creator, or you've ever thought about creating an online course, chances are you probably heard of them because they're the number one, most trusted knowledge commerce platform. But what I really would love to tell you guys is how much Kajabi really helped my entire business. Um, and I'm just a fan of them. So I'm so thrilled to be able to share more about all the different products that they have under the Kajabi umbrella. I personally got rid of like five or six other platforms that I was paying for because Kajabi actually replaced those platforms and enabled me to have everything in one seamless place. So I've got my online courses on Kajabi. I've got my templates. I've got my podcast hosted on Kajabi. I use them for all of my email marketing, basically Anything that I need for my business is completely taken care of on Kajabi. And right now they're offering a free 30 day trial, which is so great. It's more than enough time to really understand how the platform works, if it's right for you. And you can go to kelseyformost.com slash Kajabi to learn all about the platform. I've really laid it out in super simple terms for you guys. So you can learn all about why 
I am a fan for life of Kajabi. That's K-A-J-A-B-I. Absolutely. And it's so important to say also, if you are authentically coming from a place where you're following that curiosity and that joy, then none of that time is wasted. I think a lot of us talk ourselves out of doing things that are playful because we think, oh, this isn't productive. This isn't moving me towards anything. But actually, if I could push my imaginary nerdy glasses up the bridge of my nose, the research has shown us that play is actually an integral part of wholehearted living play without purpose in particular. And the purpose of play without purpose is to refill that cup is to get us to a point where we're not fixated or, you know, just really forcing something uh, takes us out of burnout energy. Play is so important. Which brings me to tell me about your singer songwriter stuff, because that just tickled me so much when I read that in your bio. Oh yeah. And I love your point too, about, about playfulness and like, and like trying, not trying to overcome burnout once we hit it, but like just avoiding it altogether. So let's not get to a point of burnout. Let's cultivate a life that feels pleasurable. So we could have a whole podcast on spiritual preventative care, right? (laughs) Like there needs to be, maybe I'll write it someday, a blog or whatever, but like things that you can do that are preventative care for burnout like spiritual and physical. <laughs> yes, totally. So we're not in like repair state. We're exactly. So anyways, yeah, to your, to your question. Um, yeah. So I spent like, I guess the, the eight years that I was in New York city, which was like, I left in 2020 was my whole time there was pursuing music and, and writing music. And I was doing a lot of things at the same time. I was working with startups. I was traveling. I was working on music, but I had always had in my mind from like a kid, like I want to be a pop star. I want to be famous. Mm. (laughs) And it's like, so that's been a really interesting unraveling that I think a lot of us probably have deep down in this world Mm. is like, we want, we want to be ultimately seen and heard and loved for who we are. And as I've peeled back the layer of like why I was obsessed with fame for a long time or like you know, just trying to figure out why am I actually pursuing this? What's actually going on? Is this a validation complex or what's Mm -hmm. going on? And once I realized that it actually allowed me to start making music in a completely different way, because, you know, when I was first pursuing music, I was syncing up with producers that would make like the most radio friendly kind of hits. And I was, you know, trying to get involved with the very particular segments so that I felt like I could grow in a career there. And it just honestly didn't work out for me because I wasn't having fun. Honestly, like I'd be doing a show every couple weeks and it would take me months to prepare for that performance. Cause it was just me and a guitar on stage. So I didn't really have the backup of big production. It was just like really stripped down. So I would be rehearsing for like an hour a night for like a month leading up to a show. And I just had a, mo- uh, you know, and I was, all my buddies were performers and everybody was, you know, doing their thing. And I was just like, I like, don't want to rehearse right now. This is not fun. I just want to be in a studio, like recording music and writing poetry. Cause I, I really realized I love to write. I really like writing poetry. That's the catharsis. I love the feeling of music coming together, but I hit a point where I was like, it's okay that I don't really want to be a performer. I don't really yeah. like this facet of it. And it was actually, it was so weird. It happened when One Direction broke up and I never even listened to One Direction, but I remember, <laughs> I remember this very specific headline that Zayn had stopped performing because it gave him anxiety. Wow. And for some reason, 
he was, he just was going to be a recording artist. And I saw that and it was like, and I'd never even listened to their music. It just gave me permission to be like, Helen, if you don't like performing, you don't have to do that. Like you wow. could just be in the studio and make music and hang out with your buddies like that. And like, that would be okay. And <laughs> so it was like kind of a few years of like, all right, I'm really struggling to make music. This doesn't really feel good. I, I love music, but this lifestyle is not in alignment with me. I don't want to also be up till 2 a.m. drinking and partying and doing drugs every single weekend. Like it just yeah. wasn't working. So I kind of hit this point, which also also happened around kind of a monumental breakup with like my first love. And I was like, I, um, I'm going to go to Thailand and just go on a solo trip and just explore solo travel. It was like a, a walkabout in many mm-hmm. ways. And in that, in that trip, I came back with a completely refreshed perspective on how to move forward from that and knew that I wanted to be much more in the healing space. And that the reason I'd been making music from the beginning was for that catharsis, for that healing and to get to know myself and ourselves better with that. So it was just this, this progression that, that shifted into this and a shedding of a lot of layers. So it was like a big lesson to go through pursuing music so hard in New York, not having a payoff in a way that felt really good. Even the, the moments of wins were just like not fulfilling because I wasn't really happy with that lifestyle. So, oh my gosh, I don't I, know if that answers it, but that's what, oh my God, it <laughs> answers it and more because what it makes me think of is of course, um, you know, my own journey with acting, but also with music. And there were so many things that you said, and I was jotting down little notes as you spoke, because I was like, Oh, I want to come back to fame as a currency. Um, I think that that applies well beyond any artistic career. I think that we think if we're not viral on social media, if we don't have a giant email list, whatever it is, then we're quote unquote, not successful. There's two things that American society praises above all else, and it's money and fame. And a lot of times people spend more energy unpacking their money mindset but not their fame mindset. And that is really hard work (laughs) because that is some deep shadow shit because it is so hard to admit that like, it's kind of, it's easier to be like, I want to be financially abundant. I want to, but it feels gross to admit sometimes like, yeah, I want to be recognized for my work. I want to be recognized in the world, but in the, for the thing that is actually my gift, not for this false, I think you called it validation complex, which was such a cool phrase. Can you tell me what validation complex means? Well, I've just always like craved attention. I think most of us are like, my love language is words of affirmation. And Same. for some reason, <laughs> like I just, Duh, I'm a copywriter, words of affirmation. <laughs> yes. Kind of so my thing. Like, Yeah. So it's like, I've always had that kind of need to be celebrated, to be clapped for from like forever. So it's like, okay, exactly why, why do I feel so strongly about this? Or, you know, why do I need that validation so deeply? And, you know, I think it goes back to kind of our childhood programming and everything. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I remember so much of my childhood was literally idolizing of like Britney Spears, Jennifer Lopez, learning like choreography in the living room. Did you have, hold hold on, do you have Darren's dance grooves? 
No, but that's you know what that like is? something I would have. Oh my oh. God, Helen. I had a VHS tape that I ran into the ground called Darren's Dance Groups. And it was the choreographer for Britney Spears, Jessica Simpson, and Christina Aguilera. And he would break down the dances in the music videos, which were actually a thing when I was in middle school, high school. Yeah. And I would like sit there and just rewind over and over and over. And I still remember the crazy dance. You drive me crazy. (laughs) Like still got it. Muscle memory is there. (laughs) 100%. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I totally relate. So that was, I don't know what it was about that, but like my, it was just all like, I was kind of like doing things as a kid to be clapped for, like to put on Mm -hmm. a little performance for the family or to get into a dance class. And then it was like, okay, so I was a theater kid. So it was like all of my high school experience was being clapped for. And like, that was the validation. Like I was doing a good job if I was getting louder applause in like mm. little ways and then going on to college to, and went with a music scholarship. And that was like being clapped for, you're doing a good job, you're performing, you're being seen. And the more seen I was, the more successful I was. And, you know, so that was where, and, you know, it was synonymous with me. If I wanted to be making music, it was completely synonymous with fame. Like there mm. was just no separation there. So I just like had this embedded desire to be famous. And I, you know, say it all the time. I'd be like, you know, I I can't wait till the day I'm on the cover of a magazine. And my mom was just like, you know, and I was early high school, I think when I was just like saying this a lot, she was like, just appreciate your being anonymous in this moment, because just know what it would feel like to walk into a grocery store and be mobbed. She's like, Mm -hmm. you're a very private person, actually. Like, you don't really (laughs) like to be touched. You don't like to be hassled. Like, you don't like to be like, you know, attacked like that. So she's like, just think about what that would really mean for you. And like, Mm -hmm. that became more and more apparent over the years of like, do you actually want to be famous? Like, I mean, do you really want your life split open like that so that you can't even walk into a grocery store? Is that really what you want? That has just slowly trickled out into much more of like, how can I, a total reframe of instead of how can I be more popular, how can I be more of service? So that was the reframe, like, where can I be more of service? So now when I look at my Instagram and I'm like, you know, I've, I've kind of shed this desire to grow, 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 and like have like hundreds of thousands of followers, because what really matters to me is with my community of like a couple thousand people that I'm in the DMS with these women, we're talking, we're hanging out all day. Like if I can, you know, cultivate a community that's really authentic and where we're really exchanging ideas and communicating together, that's where the deep fulfillment is. So it's just been like a releasing of so many stories. Um, Mm. And you're so right. Like fame, talking about fame feels very dirty, but like, I think it needs to be said because like probably most people listening or anybody in like a public facing career or whatever is like, we've probably thought about this a lot. You know, how do I get more notoriety or how do I get more recognition? Totally. Well, and what's really amazing about what you just said too, is I wrote down being seen, feeling seen, right? The more applause you were getting, the more you felt seen, but the irony is you are being seen by having that smaller, authentic community that you're cultivating connection with deep, authentic connection in the DMS in a smaller, more intimate way. And you are way more seen, (laughs) way, way more seen in that way, because it's coming from that place of authenticity and of play. Like, I mean, I don't want to gloss over the rest of your previous story of following your curiosity, right? Like you said earlier, it's all holistic. It's all connected. 
having that courage to be like, okay, what is it about music that lights me up? What is it about music and the industry that doesn't like, what don't I like about it? And having the courage to admit that. And then of course, having the, the aha moment permission slip of Zane quitting one direction. I love that so much. That's so random story. No, I love it though, because it's like, I think that's an important point too, of, you know, if you have something you're scared to do or admit, you never know who needs to see that. Like, yeah, we're not Zane of one direction, but there were people who told me that me being outspoken about a really devastating breakup that I had last year inspired them to question their own relationships. And some of them left and are happier for it. And that's the thing. Like, you never know what sharing your story is going to trigger in somebody else who really needs a permission slip. Like your story might be a permission slip for somebody else to find their authentic truth. It's so, so true because it's, it's still like, there's so many things that we hold true and just as fact in every industry, like you have to do this to get to this level. But like (laughs) it's when we have people that are trailblazers and they're like, Oh, there's actually a different way to do this. That might make you, that might help you feel better. Like if you're in the wellness industry, you don't need a podcast. Do you like podcasting? Fantastic. But you don't need to feel pressured to start a podcast. Like what else would feel better to you? Is it like a, you know, a chat group or like, I don't know, just kind of expanding the ideas of what's possible and not feeling like we all have to walk the exact same path because it's the only way to success. So that mm-hmm. Zane example is just, you know, he, he did totally give me a permission slip to be like, okay, I can make music and I don't have to be performing every weekend. Like right. that's allowed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That's allowed. God, mm-hmm. what permission slips I'm thinking, I'm talking to the listener, like what permission slip do you need to write yourself? Cause I'm thinking for myself, like, what is the permission slip that I need to think about writing for myself? That's Mm -hmm. such a good question and a deep question that I will definitely be journaling about later. Okay. Magic maker. I'm going to take this to the basics real quick. If you don't know copywriting is writing that's designed to make someone take a desired action. That action could be subscribing to your email list or buying a product and everything in between. And yeah, you could hire a professional copywriter every time you need to write something for your business, but that's going to cost you thousands of dollars a year for somebody who's actually good. So why not Learn how to write your own high converting copy so that you can write your own emails and write a website once and for all that actually represents who you are and your unique gift that you share with the world and connects with your ideal clients in a way that encourages them to take action. You can learn all of that and more in my signature course, copy class. It's designed for non-writers and entrepreneurs who don't really have time to go through a really extensive numbers, heavy copywriting class. This is for you. If you just want the basics so that you can write your own copy, get a website that converts once and for all that's kelseyforemost.com slash copy class. I don't want to let you go without talking about something that you speak about on your website, that you're a certified behavior change specialist. I think a lot of times speaking about myself and my own experience as a seeker, 
I can definitely get caught in a cycle of thought and a cycle of thinking and analyzing instead of doing and actually changing a behavior. I would love to know what does it mean to be a certified behavior change specialist and how might someone go about someone, (laughs) me go about starting that process? Yeah. Well, exactly. Like you said, it's an observation of the habits and the loops that we identify with and we find ourselves so familiar with. So what I really wanted to understand with this studying and the certification was like, why do we behave the way that we behave and how can we peel back those layers? Like, and of course it always comes back to the subconscious for me, you know, this was kind of almost like this other layer that's stacked on top of so many deeper layers of like, uncovering childhood trauma, like, and we all have some level of trauma there. Uh, What deeply ingrained systems do we have in place and paradigms in place that are actually causing these habits to to take place and these, these loops to take place. So what I've noticed as well is that a lot of us actually pursue harmful behaviors or harmful habits because it gives us this feeling of excitement. And if we're not feeling like a full sense of aliveness, like we're like feeling a little dull or like kind of dead in the water, we will unintentionally, but intentionally from a subconscious level, seek out painful loops and patterns because it elicits almost a feeling of excitement. And when they do these brain scans on people, the, the fear the fear scan and the excitement scan read almost identically. So we're actually bringing up the same emotions with fear as we are with excitement. So it makes us feel alive. So an example of that for me recently was I was just looking back on the past couple of years and some of my patterns. And what I would tend to do was procrastinate until the last minute, like uh, on a deadline and just like do it all right before. So I had this big adrenaline rush of like, oh my God, we have this deadline. And then like, yay, we did it. It was just like this huge, like roller coaster of emotion, but I would seek that out because it would make me feel alive, even though it was making me feel really scared. So when I started to realize, like I was doing that, I was like, okay, so there's got to be another option for seeking out that same level of excitement that doesn't have anything to do with anxiety. So, you know, I put in those new, those new patterns basically to start to organize my days a little better and start to experiment with like, what would it feel like to curate a a joy that's like easy, that's not so like shocking to the system. So I guess what I'm trying to say with behavior change is we're looking at those patterns, like what kind of patterns are we uh, perpetuating that are harmful, but we actually weirdly want them to be happening because it brings us like a strange sense of satisfaction, leaning into that, getting really honest with ourselves about why we're bringing that up and where it's holding us back from our highest potential. Um, So it's really like a peeling back of like honesty and, and getting really comfortable with looking at ourselves from that objective perspective there, and then putting in place the systems to get us to the next level. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite quotes is from James Clear, who wrote the very famous book, Atomic Habits. And Mm. the quote is, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. And that was a gut punch for me to read that because it was so true. It's like, you can have these lofty goals. You can make all the vision boards in the world that you want, but until you start setting yourself up for success by implementing and consistently executing systems that you're very likely to actually engage in, you're never going to 
get to that goal. It's all about building systems, all about changing little habits, um, little ways, identifying that you might be self-sabotaging. I love the idea that you just shared too, of starting with patterns. Cause I think that looking at everything holistically might feel overwhelming at first, but if you can start to identify a pattern like procrastination, which you guys couldn't see, but I was covering my face and laughing because super guilty of that. And also looking at, okay, how do I set myself up for success in daily life too? What are the good patterns? How can I use a pattern I've already created for myself and like implement that same system in a different area of my life. Mm -hmm. I love, I just want to make a note on perfectionism. I mean, procrastination, you, you just said, because it is perfectionism. Oh, Freudian slip. I was going to say they're the same thing. (laughs) They're the same thing, right? This is like, this was a big aha moment for me too. And I realized like procrastination really is perfectionism because it's really deeply rooted in a fear of failure. Like, why aren't you doing something? Are you afraid that you're going to mess up or it's not going to be perfect? Like, why do we put it off? So it's either the fear of failure and like wanting to be absolutely perfect before it's released or, you know, just feeling like a resistance to the idea in general. And like, is it really on your path? Is it really something that you want to be doing? Or are you just afraid of not being perfect and doing it? So, you know, and then, you know, reframing that to be like, it's okay to fail. And there's really no such thing as failure. Everything is a learning opportunity. Everything is growth. And I I keep mentioning this to my community too, but I've been watching, you know, Elon Musk's Tesla series on Netflix and SpaceX relies on failure. They study their failures of launches very intentionally, and they launch so many more rockets than NASA ever did just to specifically study the failure and to recreate the next rocket more efficiently. And they've just completely surpassed NASA's execution. So like, that's just, it's something that's revered in there. They, they know it, it's, it's almost like we need a different word for it now because mm-hmm. the failure word has such a connotation to it. Yeah. And I, I love, love what you that. said about like pattern stacking as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So much good stuff. Makes me want to go out there and fail. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I do want to mention too. I love that you brought up pattern stacking because one just very simple way to work in new habits. Cause it's like, how do we implement habits? Stack them onto your existing habits. So if you want to be doing more self talk and positive talk, like do it while you're brushing your teeth in the mirror, you know, like work it into habits that already exist for you. Like on your commute, uh, do you want to be reading more? Like can you listen to an audiobook or study on your commute or something? So it's like habit stacking into your already existing framework. So it doesn't feel like this huge, like overhaul, but it's just like an ease in. I love that. Yes. That was one of the tricks that I learned actually in ADHD research of behavior mirroring and pattern stacking. Yes. And like how to think about something that you want to start doing more of, and then do it while you're doing something else you regularly do. And that's, uh, that's absolutely, that's absolutely true. I learn best while cooking. So I love to cook. I cook every day. Whenever I cook, the screen is off and I have a podcast or an audiobook going. And that's like my learning time. And it has made such a difference. I've gotten through triple the books and the content simply because I started listening during something I already do every day. It's mm-hmm. such an effective tool. It's amazing. Totally. Yeah. I love that so much. And I think the other thing I'll say about like changing a behavior and goal setting, which you, you beautifully were mentioning earlier. It's like, we don't want to set these lofty goals that are intangible. It's like really narrowing down your goals to like 
a very short time span, like a month in advance, because if you put it out like six months in advance, it's just like, it really just like dampens the potency of it. It's like, what can you do in the next month? That's very real, very tangible. It makes you set much more realistic goals. And that has so much to do with our confidence. When we actually achieve small goals, we're telling ourselves, oh, I've, I've got this, like I'm good at this. And it improves our self-efficacy. So setting really tangible short-term goals and to keep doing that over and over again, really boosts our confidence. And, and that's how we really start to change level behaviors because we keep doing it over and over again in a, a realistic way, because it can actually like decrease our confidence to set goals that are so lofty and then we don't reach them. And then we're like, oh my God, I suck, but you don't suck at all. It's just like the goal setting process is a little backwards. <laughs> I love that so much. You don't suck. It's the goal setting process. <laughs> I love that. Helen, thank you so much. This has been such an informative episode and God, I feel like there are so many nuggets of wisdom in here that I, I can't wait to go back and listen to this and just really soak it all in. So thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for having me. You're awesome. It's great to have a back and forth with you. So thank you so much. Same. Now, how can people find you and support you out there in the, in the ether of the internet? Oh, sure. Well, everything is on my website. It's helendenham.com. So I, I always list like classes, workshops, you can work with me one-on-one -on -one in a mentorship series. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. And of course, Instagram, Helen Denham underscore is my Instagram at, and I'm always on Instagram. I just love, I love hanging out with you guys in the DMs and just in general. So yeah, that's, that's my, that's my vibe right now. I love it. And you also have a podcast. I definitely want to shout out your podcast lifted. Yes. The lifted podcast. So those episodes drop every Wednesday. I'm going to be kind of taking July off to be in Maine with my family. So taking a little summer break and then we'll be back, um, in August. So, and you're going to be on the show soon too. So I'm very excited about that. Yay. I'm going to be on Helen's podcast. I'm so excited about it. And I'm also super jealous that you're going to be in Maine in the summer. It's one of my favorite places I've ever been. And, um, I dream about the lobster rolls at Red's Eats which are, I think, pretty close to Kenny Bunk, right? Good memory. Yeah, I think so. I'm so weird. I'm like the only Mainer that doesn't eat seafood. So I don't <laughs> even know. <laughs> but my dad just called me this morning. He's like, we put out the boat, the lobster traps are in. So I'm just, I love it. I love a Maine summer. Love a Maine summer. Well, you can have the fries with Old Bay seasoning then. That's oh, yeah. another like go-to Maine yeah. East Coast meal that I love. I need French fries like right now. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thanks again, Helen. This was such a great conversation and you guys, all of Helen's information is in the show notes below. Simply click, follow her on Instagram, listen to her podcast, check out her offerings. She's a good egg. We're excited to have her. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great all day. Right. Yeah. Take care everybody. Hey, Magic Maker, if you made it to the end of this episode, it means you're truly committed to inviting more magic into your life. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and follow Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to this stuff. Each review truly means so much to me. Thank you for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.